Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Berkshire Media Show. I'm here today with Jacob from Escape Reading. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How you doing? Doing good? I'm absolutely wonderful. And thank you very much for coming in today as well. Um, I think today it's going to be quite an exciting one. Today we are going to be talking about the place in which you manage Escape Reading. So, first of all, Jacob, tell me a little bit about Escape Reading. Uh, so, we are, we're an escape room company um, based in Reading, surprisingly. Uh, we opened up in 2016 uh, with our first location, then opened up a second one in 2017, and we're oh, we're still open now. We've had seven rooms in total. Um, currently, we have uh, five rooms open, and yeah, we're 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 going good. Little independent company, and we're we're surviving. We survived COVID, and we're surviving now. What's the kind of industry like in terms of escape rooms? Maybe in Reading, and also slightly wider in the UK. I think it's a it's a it's a I think it's a pretty wholesome community for the most part. It's a really nice industry in itself that obviously it's like a, it's an entertainment industry. So um, obviously you know, the customers we deal with are typically in very high spirits. Um, but even the relationships between company to company, um, well, you know, independent companies at least, uh, is really nice and positive. Uh, like for example, Reading alone, there's a, there's, let's say there's five companies and we're all really good friends with each other. You know, we go for drinks and stuff because there's not that same level of competition. Uh, like other companies, because, you know, once you play an escape room, you, you can't go back. You might play a company's four rooms or so, but it's very unlikely you're going to replay. So we're always recommending different companies. And if some people play like one of our rooms and I see all the things they prefer, I might recommend them to uh, one of the other companies in Reading or anywhere across across the world. Because, yeah, in the last you know, last five years or so, escape rooms have really blown up everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. Gotta say, that's a characteristic you don't see in any other industry, really. Because I suppose for a lot of people, it's me versus you. But I, what you say is absolutely correct. I suppose once you've done one escape room, there's no use in not giving the customer the experience of another one and recommending. In terms of you personally, other than the escape rooms within your place, Escape Reading, what's your favourite escape room that you've been to? So that, that's like a real rough question. Because I feel anyone who's played like quite a few rooms, it's... It's hard to choose like a number one. It's used like because different things do things like different places do different things like really well. So mm-hmm. one place might have like a really insane like sound, uh, the sound that's very memorable and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I do actually have an answer for this question, despite yeah. what I've just said. Um, one of my my, my favourites at the uh, top of my head um, is in the Netherlands. It's uh, we played it last year um, called Molly's Game. And it, it, I think it, it was number one or number two escape room in the world um, a couple of years ago or last year. It's, it's almost certainly in the top 100 this year. Uh, but yeah, that was like, uh, it's called Molly's Game and it was like a horror escape room and it was independent, built by this one guy. Um, and it blew my mind. I, me and um, the owner, we stayed up that night and the next couple of days scribbling on paper how they did certain things, trying to work out. We, we, we think we worked out how they did it. We will never know. Um, we were up all night like, like trying to work out how did they do this exact thing? How did they make this uh, make this special effect happen? And when you leave an escape room, generally just upset because you know you'll never make anything like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, we want to come back and shut down the business. We were like, now nah, we've seen it. Obviously, it was you know it's the best, but that's now turned into what can we? It really opened our eyes. What what can be done? Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything. That's probably my number one escape room because that's only made me much more passionate about the industry and about where we want to go forward with um, with what we do in the future, really. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you're the manager of escape writing, so you are familiar with the whole format of escape rooms and whatnot. For you, what do you what kind of what do you what sticks with you more? Is it the kind of immersion that you get within a certain escape room, or is it the actual puzzles and the method in which you need to get out? 
it it's different per I'd say it's that's very like particular per person because some people obviously you know really prefer the puzzle. However, I think I think the immersion for me is probably the most important part because for me at least the way I see I'm starting to see escape rooms is closer to immersive theatre uh, and almost like an art in itself rather than what I think it might have been five five years ago six years ago or so when it was more like a crystal maze-esque just solving puzzles kind of thing because though you're wrong like you can definitely have a, a mix of the two um but for me what makes a good escape room is memorable mm-hmm. things that make you go wow um and if you can make puzzles that do that, so their solution is something that makes you amazed and exciting, which I think is the case, that's when I think you've you know you've got something golden. Um, uh, there's a bit and like you know it, it's it completely varies. For me, for example, I'm I'm not very good at maths. I don't enjoy maths. We have no math puzzles in our rooms for a reason. Um, but yeah, if, if I ever solved a puzzle with maths related and it made me go wow, then I think that's a yeah, that's, that's, that's a room to be remembered for, to be honest. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I've got to say, in terms of the kind of theatre aspect that you just described, when you said that, it instantly reminded me of some a place like London Dungeons, where you go, you feel like you're there, or even, I don't know if you've been to certain museums, I think in the British War Museum, they've got the trenches area. When you're there, you feel like you're in it. But when you make that connection between an experience like that and an escape room, where you have to use your own kind of intelligence, your own intuition to escape, I can imagine that being a bit more of a appealing experience, especially if you've done one before. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's funny to say that. I think London Dungeons have recently opened up uh, their own escape room. Really? Um, and and for me, that that's why I've started seeing escape rooms. And I know it sounds super like um, like uh, uh, not like uh, bigotry or whatever, but like to say like it's now like for me, escape rooms are now like an art form, which sounds very you know like a, a generic or something. But but because for me, it's an, not only is it just an immersive experience, but it's massively in- interactive. So not only are you just experiencing it and watching these things happen, you are the only way you're progressing is by doing stuff. Obviously, with clues and stuff, we will try and help you along the way to push you ahead. But it's a case of if you know if you're you're only going to see the whole experience if you if you put the effort in, and uh, you have to really physically get involved. Uh, and that's what that's what I love about it because you really feel like it's not like a cinema where you're watching a film like because you can a film can make you immersive. You can feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually interacting with the things in the room, you feel like you're really there and stuff. Like I, th- I think that's what really makes a big difference. Um, so yeah, so that's what uh, when we hopefully you know as we build our most recent ones and the new ones we go in future, we're much more looking at as an uh, immersive experience um, with puzzles. But those wow things come first, I, th- I think, um, and puzzles second. That's just how we build them. And that's the great thing about having so many companies because. Everyone builds things differently. Some people might go puzzles first and then do the, the setting afterwards. So in terms of actually coming up with new rooms and stuff, how does that work? How, do, how does it, the, the design process work? How does the building process work? Can you just kind of run me through that? Yeah, so I've got like a huge scrapbook that I just write in and write ideas. I've uh, like literally that kind of Doc Brown that's waking up in the middle of the night just scribbling ideas down. I mean, my partner the other day... Um, just, it, it, it can be the silliest things, but it can, it can start from nothing. Like, like I, see, I think she literally made a joke, um, like, ice cream. Uh, ice cream. That could be like a horror name, like ice mm. cream. And I was like, yeah, you should, you should do an escape room round, like a, a horror ice cream thing. And I was like, that's a, you know, just as like a thought experiment. I was like, all right, what would I do? And then, you know, just scrabble in like a book, like a diagram and what you do and what would be the wow thing. for that. That's, that's how I how I do it. I draw a rough layout of a room 
um, which can be randomized, which is, if anything, is the worst thing you can do because you don't know the room until you, you rent somewhere or buy somewhere. Um, and then just try, uh, try and think, what's what's the setting? What's the theme? What are the wow things you want there? And what story do you want to tell? And then that's when the puzzles will come in. For me, puzzles are very much like a last-minute thing. And, I, and when we've done the rooms in the past, there might be a few big puzzle wow ideas and later. But, yeah, for me, it's um, kind of just get, get a feel from a vibe and the story you want to tell and how do you get the players from point A to point B in a creative way that's going to be memorable, exciting, um, and not just feel like a walking tour or just like them looking down reading paper for an hour. Um, I've even started like cutting out, I've got a shoebox and using cardboard, like made like walls and made secret doors and sliding walls to try and see how, you know, how we make things work. Um, yeah, it, it, it's become a big hobby in that regard to my spare time, just making escape rooms. But that's how, that's how I do, um, at least. Sometimes we have in the past worked backwards in the fact that we've had a location, f- um, found a space, and then what does the space kind of look like and what could it fit? So, for example, one of our rooms um, in the basement, actually, at this location, at uh, the Queen's Walk, when we were clearing out the basement, it was all very brick. It was underground, had these high ceilings, um, and the brickwork looked very reminiscent of the London Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just like, well, that's the setting done. Saved so much money on a set design as well. Yeah. Um uh, and then that's when we started thinking of what we can do. And then we decided we're going to do um, London Underground. That's cool. How do you make the London Underground exciting? Uh, how can we explain, you know, like, you know, imperfections and like, you know, made it a construction site in the underground. And then we ended up making it um, loosely tied to like a World War Two Blitz, um, uh, like a bomb, uh, like a, a bomb that had been found in like the construction of a new tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of worked the opposite way around how we normally work. So yeah, it, it can vary massively. So in terms of escape breading, how many rooms have you got now? So we currently have five five rooms, so three in our Queen's Walk location, two in our Audley Street location. Uh, so the Audley Street is Ram Raid and Age of Magic, and our Queen's Walk location we have Kidnapped, Blown Away, and Vampire Slayers. We also have three portable experiences, so in lockdown we, like a lot of people, we didn't know if we were ever going to open again. So we built these... Uh, these games that can last like half an hour to an hour um, and we can set them up at like, you know, weddings, big group events, work events. Uh, we even set them up actually um, a couple times down at the Allied Arms in the town centre, the little pub there and did a few nights. So we've got three portable, different portable escape rooms and then one online one. So we've got, we've got a variety. Um, we used to have two, two older escape rooms, but as, you know, time passed, we got rid of those and replaced them. Mm-hmm. You mentioned online ones. How do you how do you kind of manage that remotely? So the online ones work. Um, so the one we we have it works. Um, it's just basically like a um, like a web a web link program. Basically, it's, it's a very simple, almost like a, a point and click adventure. So the one uh, we have is very basic. It just runs itself because, it's like I say, it's just clicking on the right things and typing in the right answers and stuff like that. So that works uh, pretty perfect. And you just buy that online, then we send you the. Um, uh, actually, I think, I, think, I think actually the online one might be free now. I think we made it free. Um, maybe, we'll see. Um, but yeah, the online one, um, you can you download it offline um, or you just go to a link online. But I know there are some that are a lot more involved um, and that might have like live live messaging through like Facebooks or text numbers and stuff. But yeah, that's the way we do it just because I think for us, our passion lies more in like the physical of building stuff kind of thing, you know, building Lego is way more fun in person. You know, you can do it online yeah. if you want, but we, yeah, we, we like the physical stuff. I've got a tough question for you. Out of the five escape rooms you have, which is your favorite and why? 
Ah, oh, okay, yeah. So that is a uh, yeah rough. Um, I've got like a I got like a personal favorite, like just for, like I got, I got like a personal one for like emotional reasons, and then um, one for sheer. So I, I'd say probably the answer to that question. My my favorite one is Age of Magic. Mm-hmm. So that's our newest one. That's um, that opened up in. 2021 or 2022 they're covid years so they don't really exist so i can't remember yeah um but yeah so we opened that one and that room took two years to build so uh blown away vampire and kidnapped all took about six weeks to i don't know i'd say about roughly about six weeks to build or so ram raid took one year age of magic took two years to build really age of magic we put we put a lot of it, but that one also took the most time. It took a lot of work. I think it also cost four times the amount of any of the other rooms. So that also, you know, mm-hmm. the monetary uh, love for the room as well. Yeah, of course. Um, but for me, at least, walking through the, the finished product was um, just insane. It, it really... Um, I mean, so I, I walk in there now. I'm surprised that it's uh, it's one of our rooms, to be honest. You know, just because the way, the way it looks, we really went for the set building, and I think that room in particular was storytelling and immersion first. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I, I don't think at, at this point in time, like for what we want for storytelling and in future, like I think we only want to improve from there. We only want to get get better, and that's kind of how the rooms work. The older ones, I think we choose things, and we get better and better, and hopefully by the next ones we build, they'll be even better. Um, we say that though, is although Age of Magic is my favorite one and it's the newest one, we get a lot of teams. We could have a team of five play all of our rooms, and I guarantee you each one will say a different room. Really? Um, Kidnapped's like Kidnapped is the oldest escape room in Reading, mm-hmm. um, and I get so many teams saying that's their favorite one. And I'm just like, wow, like it's just bizarre to think like six weeks of work can equal two years. But for me, Age of Magic just blows my I, I, I like that room a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's my personal favorite, if you go from um, Customer bookings, Kidnapped gets the most bookings out of all of our rooms, but I think that's just the name because Kidnapped sounds exciting. You know what you're in for. In terms of like awards, Ram Raid, um, all of our rooms bar Kidnapped have been in the top 100. Uh, have been in the, yeah, have been in the top 100 UK escape rooms. Really? Um, Ram Raid was the 14th, I think, in last year or the year before. Um, but yeah, Ram Raid ratings wise is our highest rated room. Um, but yeah, I think Age of Magic for me. I can't imagine what it must be like for you because obviously, you know, you're you're in this industry, having this idea, this concept, and then after two years of building and building and building, you finally see this finished product. What does that actually feel like to you when you step in for the first time? Stepping into the room, it, it feels it feels great if everything's working because oh boy, there's a there is a there is a lot of there's a probably at least after it's finished a solid two months of uh, just testing. So getting your friends, family. Even um, quite often, actually, we mainly go for other owners of escape rooms as well, like who we're friends with and then their, their staff and, uh, certain, and certain enthusiast groups who we're friends with and stayed in, stayed in contact with. We get them to come back and test it because that's when you really learn about your room. So it feels amazing walking through that room, but you are terrified because mm-hmm. these are um, these really are like y- y- your babies because you've made them and you're kind of scared to share them because you're scared. What if they don't like it? What if this idea? Because the problem is when you build it, you never actually get the opportunity to experience it as a first. So you've got all these great ideas and you think it's great. And then, you know, you have to wait for a plane, but like, oh, this didn't actually come off how you think it did. Actually, does it, it actually isn't as fun as you think. Or like, not that we've ever happened specifically, but 
you are terrified. So it feels, it feels great when you when you're finished, but you kind of know it's more like one chapter of work's finished, the next chapter is really beginning. Because even after Kidnap's been open for five or six years, we still change things in the room every now and again, update them and make them better or replace stuff. Because a room is never finished. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the minute you stop, you stagnate. So you've got to keep improving it. And even customer suggestions, we change things up every now and again. Because um, you can always improve stuff. So yeah, um, feels feels good when you finish it. Yeah, but realistically, you know, we're 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 halfway there. Then now we've got to see what we have to do and what we have to fix in future. But I think it says a lot about kind of the nature of the way you guys work in the sense that you've obviously worked super, super hard to get this exactly the way you want it, but you still have to take feedback from customers and stuff. So oh, happy yeah. to tweak it later down the line. Now, in terms of kind of your steps towards escape rooms and stuff, why? how, how did you stumble across Escape Brennan? How did you become the manager of the... Uh, so place? when I left Sixth Form, uh, around the time I was actually working for a immersive, um, immersive theatre company called Z Events, who used to be in, um, who used to be in Reading... Um, and I was like, a, so for a good couple of years, I was like a zombie actor, like a professional zombie actor, um, and did like a few like little like TV spots and stuff. But we, um, when that, unfortunately, the building we were in, it was, it was a big abandoned mall, um, and that got knocked down, and it was heartbreaking. Uh, so I completely, and that actually was like at one point essentially like yeah, my, my was like kind of my full time at the time after school. So when that closed, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was kind of like, well. I've got these skills in such a niche part of the world. It's like, well, what do I do? Do I now go into like film, TV? Do I try like going to like set design? Maybe I don't really know. Uh, and then I literally walked past uh, the, the the building here, the Queen's Walk one, and just just, just looked at it because it even says like real life escape game. And I was like, well, I don't really know what this is. it. And it probably says more about our advertising. I didn't know what it was. So I was confused. Yeah. I didn't know what an escape room was. Um, and none of these escape room movies had come out at this point. So I was just like, I had no idea. So. I just went home, looked at the website. I just sent an email, and uh, yeah, the next day came in for like an interview. It just so happened that the second location that, that I went to had only just just really opened, um, and yeah, I played my first escape room um, that week. And yes, coming um, be six years in November now that I just stuck there, and then after doing it for about like a year, it was like yeah, I, I really like this, um, and yeah. Been there ever since, just really, really enjoying it. Got really good, good, um, met some really cool people along the way. Even had a few of my friends work there as well with me. Um, when we needed staff, like, I was like, see if I want to jump in. That's what me and my boss are. Uh, we're really good friends. We even do little like staff trips together now, like to go play escape rooms. Yeah, because we're like an independent company. I'd say it's pretty relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the manager status, if anything, is just basically just to let new staff know being like, if you have any problems, you can also just call this guy instead of me all the time, like the owner all the time. So yeah, I'm basically part of the decor now. Um, but it's really nice because even though like, it feels very personal to me. Like I, I, I want to like, you know, do everything and try and help out with as much as I can. And I think that's got like say very good friends with, like the owner and like through that, like, um, yeah, allowed me to stay there and live pretty, pretty comfortably doing the work there and being now part of it where we are like, you know, building stuff, and we are deciding like together what to go do with the company moving forward and stuff. Um, and I see myself at this current point being there for the foreseeable, and that's all escape rooms drop off the you know the world. In terms of kind of the trajectory of escape rooms, you mentioned this was the first in Reading. Yeah, so it, yeah, so it was it was a very the Alder Street location was the first in Reading, very closely followed later on by um, uh, another independent say uh, time trap that are in Reading as well. Um, uh, who opened up a couple couple pop ups uh, in Reading beforehand, um, and then 
yeah, I mean, very recently then there was a very quickly after that you could, we had more companies as well, like uh, Knockout and Deadlocked as well, which is awesome. It's it's really nice to see that skate rooms are, are so popular because now they're, they're everywhere now. Like they're they're, they're there's like yeah, what, like there's Basingstoke, Windsor, uh, I think Slough, Wokingham. And just out of interest as well, a lot of places and a lot of industries were affected by COVID. Mm. In terms of the escape room kind of industry, what would you say the the, the main effect was? I mean, the main effect was because of the it was entertainment and it was indoors very first it was a very first thing to close and the very last thing to open so i think there was a i I couldn't take the exact dates but anytime there was any kind of lockdown closed no i mean no one knew when it would open so yeah and we only make money when there's people in the building Mm -hmm. so i know a lot of um companies who did unfortunately weren't able to open up after that that's why we started making the portable escape rooms just as a last ditch effort in case thankfully with all like the the government help um we were able to survive and we thankfully were very very smart um well not not smart intentionally just happened to be but i'll take it as smart um that we had a quite quite a good amount of savings we had a very good uh, couple of years before covid really good up our, our peak so we had a lot of good money and that was actually just before covid we closed our two oldest rooms that were at audley street so that allowed us the entire time whilst we were closed, although we couldn't be making money, we could use the savings to help keep us alive for that period, mm-hmm. like, you know, rent and stuff like that. Because we, we still had to pay pay rent um, and all the, all the, you know, service charge and things like that. Um, but it actually allowed us to build our, other, uh, our newer room. So Ram Raider Magic, we built in lockdown. So we were able to keep busy um, and go in, go in still and um, construct the games. Yep. Which is kind of perfect because it didn't feel like we were losing a, a location during COVID, mm-hmm. and then by the time COVID lifted, we could then open these two two rooms. But yeah, it, it was really scary though because we really were building them, not knowing if they'd ever see the light of day. Because we had the backup of we could potentially lose one location and then keep this one, um, but thankfully it never came to that, and um, it's never been the same since. And I think every escaping company can can confirm that like we've, no one's really seen the numbers since. I think. We got close maybe last year, but yeah, it's been pretty quiet ever since. But not it, it gets better. It definitely, obviously, summer holidays have been great because summer holidays. But pre-COVID, I'd say we were almost, you know, we'd be close to fully booked, um, you know, every single weekend for sure. Weekdays are pretty pretty busy, almost, you know, over half booked. These days, on quieter months, it can be, uh, it can be yeah, extremely quiet. It can be yeah, some days empty, which. But I think I think that's very similar for a lot of entertainment stuff. I mean, you even see it with um, cinema and theatres, don't you? Like even that's still only just starting to get a few films that are breaking the same numbers that it used to. Yeah, and like I say, I think it's the type of thing where because there's so many kind of as you say independents in the area, and you've all got the type of relationship where once you've done one, don't have to do the same one twice. You can point somebody else in that direction. Do, do you ever say you kind of benefit from that relationship by other people visiting one of the other escape rooms, then subsequently being recommended to come and? see yours oh, afterwards yeah 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 massively like i mean even just the talks we have when we go for drinks with the other the other owners and so if we ever have problems or something quite often like one of the other have, have had a similar problem whether it be like a customer interaction maybe or um just quite often you know talking about like oh, you know it's just you guys getting low bookings or something like that um but yeah even with customers um like you said yeah it, it's great because everyone likes different things for different reasons and i think rain is actually a really good example of each company are good at different things 
so yeah, so I think it's really good because there are some customers I get and after they've played like all of our games, hearing what their favourite one of our rooms would be, I can very quickly be like, oh, well, I actually think you might really like this other independent company in the area, for example. Um, and I'll direct them to them because um, we all do things very differently and we're very different companies and that's what makes it great because customers kind of find it sometimes hard to pick and choose because they're like, well, it's hard to compare because they're so different. So yeah, I think it massively helps. Also, I think, you know, the slight competitive angle, like, because of course there's always been, not competitive in terms of getting business, but it's almost like you, uh, obviously you, if you get some customers talking about how good one thing was and they really enjoyed it, you're like, oh, that's true. We don't really do, we're not good at that. So we should get better at that. Um, and I think that healthy competition between all the companies is more so that helps just you improve yourselves. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to improve yourself to beat the other company. You're just trying to improve yourself because you, you know, I don't think we would be the company we are today, um, especially about the, like, the newer rooms, if it wasn't for like not only just learning ourselves through just our own business, but just being able to talk and hear um, and just see what else happens in the area. Because it's not really a case, and you very rarely get that, that anyone really steals ideas or steals. Because it is, I think it's also like you, it's just not, you know, it needs a bad taste in your mouth. So no one really does that. Um, uh, at least you know. At least uh, the friendship group we've got within, like yeah, the, I think the Reading companies, there's no real stealing. But it's just more that thing of like you know, we you know you play with oh yeah, we could do better. Or we 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 could you know we can we can do better than what we've done already. And yeah, it's really good healthy competition. But we're we're all really good friends. And yeah, I don't think anyone would have it any other way. Like it it just it's a really nice dynamic and not a dynamic I've ever seen in any other like company I've ever worked with before. Um, it's super refreshing. I'm also someone who hates confrontation, so that's perfect for me. So yeah, yeah. it's good. Well, I've got to say, I'm somebody who's done escape rooms before, and it's quite interesting being able to speak behind the curtain and speak to you because, as a customer walking into an escape room, somebody who's doing it doesn't know too much about escape rooms and just wants to try something new. It's almost like every single square inch of an escape room looks like it's exactly where it's meant to be, and you are you, you almost feel as though you're walking into something which has been designed with such thought. So just out of interest, in terms of actually designing the rooms and building the rooms, how many how many kind of people does it take to get a room from empty to escape room ready to go? It, it massively varies because there's certain things, so for example, the actual room design itself, so especially a lot of like the early rooms, I'd say pretty much most of them though, pretty much um, a lot of the early ones were all, um, all my all my boss, the owner, uh, Thomas, like literally uh, his ideas like going through and like uh, designing them and putting them in place. But um, by himself. Even actually like, yeah, so like say wow. like him, uh, obviously like his, his wife at the time as well, like helped him out. So when they opened up in Audley Street, um, everything themselves so wow obviously there's limitations so obviously in those rooms there was very little tech it was all very like padlock heavy and stuff which isn't a bad thing i mean like some of my favorite rooms as they are very padlock heavy yeah all, all, all themselves everything from buying ikea furniture putting things up painting the walls there might be not any super like wow effects with those early rooms but because at the time that was almost pretty common because that's how, what escape rooms were like in the uk then they really have and i think that's why i really like independence because you'll see quite a lot of independent companies they have that nice warmth to them because you can kind of see that they are handmade like not handmade in like a that looks rugged or you know well used or anything handmade because because they've made it themselves they've had to make sure every detail they're doing every detail so everything is what they're doing so with our more uh, recent rooms the more staff we got the more kind of people who started helping out so mainly once again mainly 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 the owner thomas like his ideas and stuff and the um we had a gentleman who used to work with us as well um and he loved like doing his like electrical work and stuff. And he also did like a lot of like um, building stuff. So that then allowed us to do much more like, um, you know, building bigger frames and structures and 
using like more tech based puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that allowed us mastery. So that kind of I'd say a lot of the rooms are basically like two people two people built and constructed. Every now and again, you, we might get like one of my friends. He's uh, he's like a his family are, like artists and stuff. So we've just got them into a little bit of paintwork because mm-hmm. we're, we're no good at that, but they love that stuff. And if I can help another kind of independent, amazing. We had a guy who used to work for us who was a coder. Uh, he loved coding, so he actually coded uh, some stuff for us as well. Um, once again, another way to help someone's personal interest, helps their portfolio if they're making one. But yeah, all of them have been a very small team made in-house. There are some big negatives to that, unfortunately, the fact that we definitely learn through trial and error, which isn't great. And that we had a lot of problems with magic because that's a very tech-heavy room. And when you're working with very expensive uh, tech-based and ele- uh, like electricals, yeah, just learn through trial and error. You go through a lot of your budget that mm-hmm. way. Uh, but it, wor- it works now. It works good. But that, that's the problem by not outsourcing it and by not having a bigger work, uh, like, you know, a bigger professional like work team or like, outsourcing the work because we learn ourselves and teach ourselves those skills. Now we've learned them. We're confident that, you know, we, we won't run into those problems when we build new rooms. But, yeah, and that's the nice thing with the seven rooms. With each room... From a technical standpoint, they've improved because we've only learned more things and started including more things as they go on. Mm-hmm. However, from people playing the rooms, that doesn't always necessarily mean it makes it a better room. It we just find if you, like other owners and builders would be like, okay, this this one's more technical. I can see that your average customer isn't going to see that. They're just going to be like, which one's more fun? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, depending on how you built the room, your room could have no tech in it and just padlocks and be just as enjoyable as a. Yeah, a very expensive room. Um, for us, at least, it's a very small team. I'd say usually two people, two two to three people, uh, if that. Reason why it probably took us two years to build one of the rooms. <laughs> like, yeah. It blows my mind, though, because, again, the thing that comes to mind when you say that is it, it, it seems more like a passion project. Mm. Oh, yeah. When it's really a smaller is. team, when it's especially a husband and wife who've got kind of a vision of what they want. In terms of kind of the target audience, who do you usually find is the typical person to come and visit Escape Reading? That's a question we've been trying to ask ourselves for years. Um, oh, it, it's um, it's bizarre. I, I think I think we, if on pen and paper, we probably would have said twenty to uh, probably like twenty to like forty, maybe maybe on like paper. However, I after working in this for like yeah, like five years plus, I don't think you can. I I don't. I don't it's hard to explain because. We've had teams of all ages, like all types of like anyone play. And I've seen just as many people of like every age demographic enjoy it and like, you know, not enjoy it more so, you know, because, you know, if you don't enjoy it because it's physical and, you know, solving puzzles might not be their thing and being under pressure. On our website, the one age restriction we do say is, um, as you know, you have to be above like 14 plus. If everyone's above the age of 14, you like, you know, you might not need an adult kind of thing. Um, which sounds like a weird age because well, why, why 14 plus? Why not like 18 or like you know 16 kind of? And that's just because in the years, you just find we've just had so many instances where like some young players can be phenomenal. Um, actually, in my memory, we had a team of um, it was a team of five girls, and I'm pretty sure they were about eight or nine. And their mum came and they played one of our rooms. Um, and whenever we get a group of you know very small children, we're like they're not going to enjoy it. You know this isn't really daycare, and yeah. these are designed for like adults, like like, like like Crystal Maze. It's designed for adults, and I've real judged that book hard by by the cover. But they went in the room and they they annihilated the game, really? uh, one of the games, to the point where like very few hints mm-hmm. 
like probably in the top 10% of like um, teams of like how well they did. Really? They played, ended up playing like a lot of our games in the like the, the, the next few months. And I remember the next time I said to the mum, like, don't worry, like, this is an exception, don't go in because like, you, you, you know, you're a spare part to this team and you're slowing them down. Yep. And they're like, no, that, like, I really want to see how well they do without me. And there they, once again, annihilated the room. And I couldn't believe it. So sometimes really? you get these teams who do blow your mind. We've had teams who have been like, um, uh, we had a couple of teams who have all been like um, a mixture of like uh, players who are like 80 and 90. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're, they're a bit, 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 bit slower physically, but oh yeah, when they're enjoying it. Um, and by the end of the game, in the last 10 minutes, I've seen this lease of life coming where they're, they're running around like kids and it's almost like they've forgotten. Obviously by the end they feel it. Uh, but so it's really hard to put like an age, age bracket on it. I think that says a lot though. Yeah. It says a lot about the kind of how flexible and how an escape room is kind of welcoming for people of any kind of demographic and stuff. It really comes down to more your, your, your mentality maybe I'd say, and like your willingness to just get involved mm. because I definitely find, for example, I've had teams where, someone might play as like a work do and a staff do and they have a great time mm-hmm. but take that same player who enjoyed it as like a staff do let them play with their friends and because like the mentality is different they're so they do so much better and faster when they're with their own friends because there is that just weird that, just that slight mentality change that it's not related to work kind of thing and like i think that's really what it is i think you for the kind of person who like you know, just wants a bit of an adventure something different and you just apply yourself no matter what um the amount of people we've had who really go in grumpy because their family's dragged them along like dad doesn't want to go or granddad or you know sister who doesn't want to be there but forced to do family time and really try to hate it and then by the end of it they're all giggling and enjoying it because they just got dragged into it and ended up enjoying it and they loved it by the end of it because they applied themselves i think that's what matters it doesn't matter like what age you're old kind of person you are as long as you apply yourself and you're just willing to give it a go and and you know you get into it and you're there to have fun. I think the teams who definitely fall flat and the teams who definitely don't enjoy it, or who at least like lose a bit of it themselves, is worrying too much about the hour and it being a competition. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's why the way of escaping for me is it's, it's more about the immersive theatre and enjoyment. Um, it's not about completing it. It's not well, of course completing it, but it's not about the. You're there to have fun. You're not there to try and like smash the game with no clues and smash it in record time because that's not fun. It's not. It's it's not a competition. It's a race, but you're just there to have fun and just just have fun because if you're enjoying it and you have a good time with the clues and the immersive and stuff and you're applying yourself, you're gonna have a good time. If you're there because you don't want any help and you just want to complete it because you want to have that thing of we did it, we smashed the time, you're probably not gonna have a good time because you're treating it too much like a test rather than just a fun social activity. Mm-hmm. I've got an interesting question for you. So in terms of the types of people who come and visit your escape room, if you had a team of two people compared to a team of six people, I know it depends on the people and how they approach it, but do you think who, who do you think would be more likely? A, a team of two who obviously have two minds, but maybe slightly more in sync, or a team of six minds who might have slightly different ideas? Oh, so, so it... it it really depends the team. Like it, it really comes if they're both first timer teams. So if they're both like this, both their first escape room team of six every time. I think the more escape rooms you play, you should start playing in smaller groups. So if you've played, uh, so if I've played like a hundred and seventy one, and I only play really, I only really like playing in a team of two, a maximum of four. Just because if you have too many people, you not only do you start to do a little bit worse, but you're not going to enjoy it because you're going to miss so much. Um, 
If it's your first time playing and you've only played a couple rooms, I wouldn't recommend playing as a team of two because there's only two of you. It, they are designed to be difficult. And if you're in a smaller team, team of two, you're going to get a lot of clues probably and it can get frustrating getting like a lot of clues. And there's only two of you and there's so much to do. If there's multiple things to do because if the room's non-linear, um, there's only two of you. You can't do multiple things. You want to stick together. And like you said, if they're two like-minded people, they might quite often only see things from one perspective, so they're going to find it harder. Team of six, all different mindsets. They're going to see things in different abstract ways. One person might be a bit more like, um, like you know, logical, or something more creative. I'd say in general, a team of six will do better. Now, if it was a case of it's a team of two who have played 20 rooms and a team of six who have played no rooms, or even like five rooms, I think the team of two might do better because you're a bit more organised than the team of two. But it completely... I've seen... I think some of our record times, our record times for all of our games, I think, are in the top three for all of them, like team of two or teams of six. I think it's the in-between that kind of gets lost. It's either a team of six are really good and they smash it or two people can be the most efficient way. So it it depends on people. In terms of kind of your your role as a manager, what does a typical day in the life of Jason look like? I'd say a big thing is uh, checking, uh, you know, Emails, phone calls, typically like taking take, taking those things. A lot of like inquiries, um, setting up like events, managing the staff, of course, like making sure we have people. So every company works differently in how staff manage games. So the way we do it is we have one staff member, like for for a day, one staff member per room. So you'll say the same person will meet you, talk to you, get to know you. Uh, brief you health and safety, run the game and be watching you the entire time and then greet you at the end. Because to me, for me at least, for escape rooms, the room is the room is 60% of the experience. Mm. A solid 40 and sometimes 50% of the experience is the person who introduces you. The amount of rooms I've played that have been phenomenal, but it's the person you've met has just ruined it. Not because they've been rude, but they've just not got that energy. Mm-hmm. That's why, we, so we have one person per room. So five games, I can make sure we have five people per uh, uh, five people on each day and then yeah phone calls stuff running games so i i do work you know uh, five days a week like i say if not you know, some, some days some more uh on location you know, just cleaning up the building and um, once again because we're independent anything that breaks anything that needs cleaning any kind of mess that, that's 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 all us that's all, all we got to do so so it, it can be it can, it can be a lot like it can be like any any form of mess or any kind of problem mm-hmm. it comes down to us because there's no one else we're not we're not a big company yeah. we have we can't call on men- maintenance or cleaners because I don't think we'd ever want to because it's independent like it's our thing so I guess it's kind of selfish but it's like it's we don't want it to get tainted mm-hmm. we love introducing new staff and stuff into the mix and they all get the, like, the same treat but it's that kind of thing we don't want to start like outsourcing making the company too big or anything um, is it the yeah. same for the other independents in Reading as well uh, yeah, so, so as far as I'm, I'm, I'm aware, yeah, like it's the same kind of thing where like everything that's done is done done by them. I, I, I don't know explicitly, but as far as I'm aware, like yeah, like all, all the like everything's done by them because you're, you're looking after looking after your baby. Unfortunately, the, the 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 picture obviously you can't hear it if you're listening, but the picture on the screen of our window, our window's actually got a big crack down the middle of it, and it's been there for years. Um, and uh, yeah, we're supposed to be getting that fixed, but. Um, I don't think we're going to be at this location for for for, for uh, long enough to to worry about that. Um, Sounds like somebody tried to escape and couldn't. 
Yeah, honestly, like I don't know. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, we've we've had some. Yeah, ha- had some weird people just do like yeah, just just stand outside the building and hitting it for no reason, which is weird. You want to escape out, not escape in. Yeah, exactly. It's quite Maybe that's opposite. customers who really want to play, and we didn't have a booking. Maybe it's a warm up. Maybe. Um, yeah, but a lot a lot of it's just calls and stuff, uh, admin admin bits, and just making sure we have the staff and going in and tweaking stuff, fixing stuff, and in personal time, just writing up new plans for escape rooms and. and Playing them as well, mm-hmm. fun. Like you know, we do like a lot of swaps between other companies. Playing, you know, I play your room, you play our room, and stuff. Just for yeah. fun. So yeah. Have you ever had any really memorable moments when maybe when you've been spectating other people as they play? Is there anything that really stands out to you? Oh well, that, that story earlier about the uh, the younger, um, the, the really small group, uh, they smashed it. Um, so we've had like we we've we've had stuff. So for our vampire slayers room, we once had this team dress up in full. Uh, blade-esque gear like really? wooden stakes I was like that's pretty sharp and like all their gear and that was really cool um, back before COVID, we don't really get drunk teams anymore but pre-COVID we get drunk teams and in our terms conditions we we have the full right even if you one drink in if we decide it's the case even if for no, we can decide to not let you play the room because if we say you're going to break the room or hurt yourselves we, we, we can't afford it but there's been a few times where the team's been drunk and you're just like especially if it's me or the owner because we know it's if anyone's going to have, if anything happens, it's it's us who has to deal with it. I, I, I lower like the other staff was like, I don't want if any, you know, they'll, they'll turn away drunk teams because it's not fair on them. But me and Tom, we don't, we don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we care, but we know it's only us who are going to have to clean it up. Yeah, we've had drunk teams go in, and one of our rooms has got a um like a like a fake bathroom in there. And I remember this one time, this um this gentleman, they're in the room and he started unbuckling his belt, and this he could barely stand, but I. I I'll just let you know what it's, it's like a birthday I don't want to ruin and he started getting his belt undone to, to use the toilet and I mm. sprinted into the room just like please do not he's like, I'm just joking I was like I can't afford to take the risk I can't um, so like they stuff like that um, we had Reading Festival goers come at one point a couple of years ago completely caked in mud really um, so caked in mud they just littered mud throughout the entire I mean that well, is not even a funny story that's just frustrating but I just yeah. remember it being his team completely caked in mud played and the entire uh, building was littered in mud like we hoovered it like at least 12 times and a week later we were still finding like festival mud who goes to Reading Festival and thinks escape Literally. room time we had we had, a, we had a proposal in the game as oh well. really that's yeah, nice. for one of our rooms, we had like a, a couple, uh, couple, and the guy came in beforehand, be like, "How can I plan this? How can I do it surprising? Can we hide like the ring in like a puzzle somewhere?" Oh, um, and in fact, he actually. So he also we gave him a walkthrough of the game before, mm-hmm. so they make sure they would succeed because the room's difficult. As I said, team of two, the rooms are very hard as a team of two, and because but they had to play as a team of two because, um, so we had to tell him the answers so they definitely escaped. Yeah. Um, and they, they did escape. And yeah, they yeah proposed, got it all on camera, which is like, I think that might even be on our Facebook. Really? Uh, that. Um, That's lovely. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, yeah, li- little little fun, memorable moments. Aside from that, I, I don't think we've had any um, crazy things. We've, we've had people like faint in the horror room a couple of mm. times. But yeah, aside from that, like pretty, pretty standard. You, of course, get arguments quite a lot. I'd say some days it's a bit like Jeremy Kyle live. Really? The only scary thing is, though, like, if there's an argument in the room, yeah. like, I'm security Steve. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm this little skinny guy. I can't do anything. Like, there's been times where I'm like, wow, if this argument goes any further, what, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, they're locked in the room, so they're fine. Like one on one, just leave it to yeah. them. Leave it to the bros. Oh, we've heard some crazy things. We've heard people be like, well, you know, this is why I cheated on you, or, you know, really? uh, that's why Gary's not your son. And I'm like, oh, wow. crazy. Um, so, you're right. I think probably 
probably does sound like Jeremy Kyle. Yeah, yeah. P- people forget we're watching. So there's, and I think, don't worry, so, some places do run like multiple games at the same time. So they can't listen the whole time. Um, so, you know, some places like you have to ask for clues. We, 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 we listen the entire time. So we get a really good gist because we want to know the team. We really want to make the experience tailored to them. Mm-hmm. But the problem is sometimes they just don't realize that they're being listened to. So there's sometimes where um, we've had uh, like uh, couples go in and like, you know, like, um, when they're inside the game, then like out of nowhere, they're in like different rooms, and then like the you know, the different couples are like holding hands and making out. And you're like, wait, is this, like, <laughs> four four couples, or is this like a cheating situation? I've like watched, or yeah. uh, I had a team of um, we had a group. I think it might be like some kind of social like um, old, uh, elders group, right? Uh, or like sixty eight year old, old old ladies. And at the end, the minute they got in the room, they're like, oh, that gentleman had a nice bottom. And I was like, oh, no, like <laughs> I'm listening. They didn't the squats know. are working. And I was like, my nan, please stop. <laughs> but like, yeah, crazy. Like. Um, yeah, aside from that, yeah, nothing horrendous. We've not had like any like real big disasters or anything, which is nice. If you guys are kind of the main members of staff, so you don't have a dedicated security team, I suppose that's the absolute blessing that nothing has ever happened. Touchwood as well. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we, we we've only I say we we've had to kick a few teams out before if the teams come drunk or mm. intoxicated in any way. How do you usually go about that? So say if there's one team who a bit rowdy, a little bit too much, and there's a genuine risk they're gonna. Ruin one of the Oh, it, it's honestly my biggest nightmare. I've, I've, uh, in fact, we had an incident fairly recently that I won't go into massive detail in. Um, but uh, it, it, it's horrible because we don't want to do it because we know, we know they're gonna, the customer's going to be upset, mm-hmm. and we don't want to do it because we love doing this. Like, don't worry, it's our job, but we love watching the teams and we want the teams to do it because we don't, we don't want to turn to. And it's the very last worst resort is kicking out because we're doing it because we generally believe it's going to endanger you, the customer, going to hurt yourself. You're gonna like damage the room, and you could like you know, and even the, the 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 situation can be like you know, traumatic for the staff member. For example, like I mean, you know, a lot of people work in retail, and if you deal with the wrong customer, it can ruin your day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our staff we have here, it, it's the same thing. And very big me- uh, advocate for like mental health and stuff. And I know it can be extremely like stressful and uh, like make people anxious when they have to do these things. But yeah, sometimes we've had teams who have been uh, particularly drunk. If they're really drunk to the point where. Um, they're stumbling around or for any reason they've like, you know, that they're, they're vomiting in the toilet mm. or something. At that point, you've kind of got to draw a line and be like, I don't think this is in anyone's best interest. I, I think that the thing we hope it, it, it doesn't happen very often because we do our absolute best to try and really never, I, I think in the, in the seven years of doing it, there's only been a handful of occasions we've ever had to not let a team play. Mm. Um, of course, like lateness is a whole different thing, but like in terms of intoxication or aggression or anything, um, there's only been a very few times I've actually had to go into a game and say to Zim, please don't do this. If they said inappropriate things about the, the the host running the game over the microphones and stuff, or just been treating them like just terribly. The main thing is you just kind of got to speak. We, we speak to the team and just try and be as real as possible. Just be like, can you see why we're doing this? We don't want to do this, but you. Uh, we hope you understand why. Um, or it might be a case of like, you know, the best thing you can do is leave at this point. Like we're not going to, you know, we've never had to call the police or like forcibly kick anyone out. Um, most of the time people understand because I think they kind of know they're pushing it. And, and we try to make it really obvious with our briefings before the game, what can end the game early. And if we know a team is a little bit too when they come in, we will make it very evident, like, you know you shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I, I quite often, if a team's a little bit tipsy, like if it's like a Hindu or Stag do, I will make a joke at the beginning. If one of them's like talking about drinking, I'll be like, oh, you know, well, I know you haven't drunk because if you've read the terms and conditions, you know you couldn't have drunk, you know, to play yeah. this or I could kick you out. And they all go, yeah, yeah we haven't drunk. And yeah, there's yeah. One, one drunk friend at the end who's like, no, we have drunk. And they <laughs> shut him up. And yeah. So we'll do our absolute best. But 
Yeah, at some point, especially if if, if it's not me or the, the owner, if, if it's one of the other staff members, like we, we don't want them dealing with that. They they they're, they're paid just to do their job. They're not paid to be a security guard. And because if it's one person running a room, they're doing everything. It's not fair on that staff member to have to be security um, and deal with that. So yeah, we're strict. And, but we haven't had to do it very much because we've been very customers have been very understanding. We've been we've been very lucky for that. Uh, m- in most cases, they've been understanding at least. But I think with the context of obviously being a an independent basically mm. and having to do all the roles yourself, it makes sense because this is effectively your baby. Yeah. And the last thing you want is somebody coming in and putting you in a position where you feel it's, it's an awkward conversation, isn't it? You yeah. paid for this experience. I'm enjoying myself by showing you around, but you've done this, so you're going to have to leave. Yeah. So. And I think the real thing, especially with lateness, is where we get a lot of problems because. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, just hold it for us for half an hour, be there. It's kind of like, yeah, but we've got a booking here in like an hour. And the whole the whole, whole experience is you have 60 minutes in the room. We can't just start messing times around because the next team has got 60 minutes in the room. Time, I can't just make more time. Mm-hmm. Time is, uh, it's a very punctual thing, which is funny because I was almost late today. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, we, and there have been cases where I've had calls and like thing, incidents have happened and we, we have some, you know, We've made amends. If it's a quiet day, sometimes we can help you out. Sometimes we've been able to move bookings, so we quite often will move them. And quite often, if we do move, we always pretty much always give. I think on our website it does say um, if you're late, you're no refund. We 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 can't do refunds because um, unless it's like a good couple of days, just because the, the money side of it is actually sort of ridiculous. Like on our end, what like how that works. But the most annoying, uh, so the, the most thing we do the most is if people can't attend and they're late. We do offer that we can reschedule the game, but we have to pay. We give them like a fee they have to pay. Um, and that fee is just to cover the staff member on site because, of course, if you've booked a room and you can't go and you're going to book it for another day, you're taking up the space of a different paying customer. So in terms of kind of other escape rooms, escape rooms you visited up and down the UK, are there any that really stand out to you? I really liked um, Control Alt Escape. There's a company down in Kent. Mm-hmm. They had a really cool, they had a really cool space room. I can't remember what it's called, but I'm not sure it's there anymore. But all of their rooms were really cool. In Crawley, there's this really, uh, really cool company called Hounds. And they're, they're a pretty new company. I'm pretty sure they opened up around like um, around lockdown time. But Hounds just blown me away uh, in like the most recent, uh, in like most recent years in terms of like um, escape rooms. More so the fact like here in like a like a like a new company and then going there and everything from the waiting area to some of the best, probably the best games hosts I've seen in the UK. Um, and then the rooms were perfect. And, and just that combination of that, the the host really is um, just as, like you say, the host is not only just, but sometimes it's more important than the room itself. Um, they, they, they smashed that out. So yeah, so I'd say, um, uh, yeah, I'd say definitely, uh, Hounds, um, Control Art Escape, um, Salisbury as well. Uh, Salisbury, uh, the uh, Live Escape down there. Down there, they've got a couple of really cool rooms. They have um, one called Spectre, which uh, so I don't want to spoil the game. I don't want to say yeah. why, but um, it's got a very uh, the, the the Spectre room has got a very different start, and it really gets you gets you gets you excited from the very beginning because how how exciting the beginning is, and then even during the game. Um, just so one of their other games that they're currently building they've got a really cool uh, room opening up that they're building still um, and I'm so excited to go back they've got a great location in the building they've got um, and, and they're also loved I'm very biased as well because I, I also you know you make really good friends and stuff around um, there, there are so many it's difficult um, I'm mainly going for ones outside of Reading because um, you know all the ones in Reading are also fantastic like really good games but um, yeah there's some of the UK ones 
for me, like, my, my favorite ones have been, let's say, out of the UK thus far, just because I've realized, and I think a big reason is because a, a room doesn't, a room doesn't become good and doesn't have to be good to have a lot of space. It's just more when you have a lot of space, you can just do crazier stuff. And as we all know in the UK, rent is pretty expensive. Whereas like somewhere like um, uh, the Netherlands, uh, Athens, you know, uh, Poland, uh, Hungary, um, you can get you know, a, a lot more space. And what I've noticed as well in, 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 in the UK, at least, you kind of want to be, not in all cases, but quite often you want to be near a town centre. So that's the same as we are. And you tend to not get as much business if you're in the middle of nowhere. Now, there are some exceptions, like, you know, Tully's Farm, they're in like the middle of nowhere, and they say, well, not the middle of nowhere, but they're in farmland, and they, they do very, very well. But in, like, uh, the Netherlands, uh, so, uh, like, you know, Holland and that, they're, they're um, I think we were driving, like, half an hour out of Amsterdam to the middle of nowhere, and that's where, like, some of the best games in the world are. And that kind of proved, like, wow, you, you really, as long as you make a good game, people will travel for it, so... Yeah, uh, I think yeah. If it if it wasn't for uh, yeah rent and stuff like yeah, I think uh, having more space makes it easier. But they're the ones in England that I think are yeah really good. Though, those mm-hmm. just out of interest, when you go to the Netherlands or Hungary or Athens, is there a bit of a language barrier? N- not so far. I, f- I think pretty much um, it's pretty common for uh, you know uh, the UK to expect everyone to speak English. You know, and any kind of you know like Western world, we expect everything to be in English. And I, I think yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of kind of became a thing. Of course, some places there might be. So I played a room in. Uh, I have played a room in Budapest that had riddles, and they just translated the riddles one to one, and it made it made no sense. Because yeah. um, I think, yeah, I think you know, it, the, the yeah, the words didn't make sense at all. But thankfully, we had someone in our group who was like uh, was Hungarian, so they, they were able to solve it for us. Um, most of the time, yes. Now, obviously, there's a very I'd say escape rooms. The birthplace of them was in what uh, was in Hungary, like it was in Budapest. Um, but then I think um, the other side of the world, like I think obviously they also have a huge market for it in China. And I think if you went to China, really? it'd be very hard, I think, to find English translations. They probably definitely could, but from what I've heard from friends who have played there, and I think as well, like China don't need to cater for the Western world. They, 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 they can do. Um, but no, pretty much never had a problem with, especially if you go to rooms that are like high ratings and stuff, they want to make their rooms open to everyone, so tourists and stuff, because when you get your room that big and famous and stuff, like, I, I dream to one day have a, have a game, like, on that level, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're going to make make it so it's accessible to everyone and stuff, so, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I've not really encountered it much, um, which which is which is nice, which is, which is lucky, but I think sometimes, you know, you can also sometimes make rooms very little language, I think a few of our games, even our games, I have, like, very... Um, I, mean, I would say the, the owner and uh, the designer he he is Hungarian so he's very little uh, in the area there's not a lot of like word puzzles wordy but there, there are some we've never really had had a problem like ever like people playing who are, who don't speak very much English we've had some teams who only one English speaker and the rest you know and they've been able to solve them because we tried so you can design a room so it can cater to anyone without making big changes but I have heard horror stories where people have played places and you know, not horror stories because yeah. they have no reason to cater for uh English speakers, but yeah, and they've had a rough time. They've had an hour of just, you know, can I use my phone for Google Translate? And the host is like, no, yeah, suffer. Must be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're somebody who's done over the years, I'm sure, many, many, many escape rooms. Is there kind of a professional, kind of, for lack of a better word, league you can get into, or are there any professional kind of escape room people? If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I don't know if there's like a, a league. Is I mean, as far as I'm aware, like so there are like so the most famous group I know is um is I think uh, S two. So a lot of enthusiasts here, and there's there's big enthusiast group mm-hmm. pages. 
um, where you can go on there and, um, you know, everyone who plays Fusion will recommend their favourite ones and stuff or ones they didn't like as much. And S2 are pretty well known because I think they've played like the... They're just pretty much every, like at least owner and stuff knows about them because they, they've played so many. Um, and they are very good. They, 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 smash, they smash records all the time. Um, but there's probably others. Um, and I'm sure it might also be a case of like, you know, different countries have their own, like, you know, ones who are like very notable. It's weird because I think even like even if you have played a lot of rooms, it doesn't always mean you're going to get the record. It doesn't always. I mean, don't get me wrong. They very often they they, they smash the games, but they're, they're not all of our rooms. They have they've got the record for it and stuff. Because I think that's why it's kind of hard. Because I don't know how if there was any kind of like actual like league, say, or like a competition, like I don't know, like just not like Olympic level, but you know what I mean, like a competition. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd measure it unless you have like you know because even like unless it's a spectator sport or anyone because. Every game is different. Your game can be different just by how you're feeling on the day. Depending on what you've done on the day can change your, your game because if just on that day you're feeling different. So I think it's different difficult metric. I think the enthusiast groups on like Facebook and that are the best ways where people come together and get to know each other through that. Because um, obviously when we, and also as owners, we speak to each other and be like, oh, you had this team. Oh, yeah, I, I, I recognise that team because we, we were speaking to them. And you know, you, you, we've made friends with lots of teams throughout the years and stuff. I think you tend to... Um, the biggest one is you kind of get to know each other through like owners to owners and stuff and like, you know, people in the industry to industry and then you kind of know each other because obviously if you work in that thing, you're, you're like, yeah, you've played quite a lot so you kind of, you know, talk about each other. But no, it, not not that I know of really, really there being any big groups, but names get thrown around. I, th- I think the best resource um, that I think people come together for are like the enthusiast groups um, or things like Escape the Review, which are like review sites specifically for escape rooms and Oh, yeah, if you want to do a, uh, look for a, escape rooms, use Escape the Review. There, uh, they have like a map that has like coloured padlocks across the entire world. Really? Like, um, I went to Australia and they, and they they had covered the map there as well. And I was like, well, you've been to everywhere, and you can see reviews from anyone on there. The people who run it as well, and like our owners can uh, recommend it. And you know, that's that's why we've got some like you know like, like awards and stuff from there. And there's loads of other way uh, places as well. I find TripAdvisor um, not to sometimes. I think as well with these enthusiast groups and things like TripAdvisor and any review site as well, like when choosing a room and like deciding if you should play it, like sometimes uh, I think the best thing to keep in mind is, you know, people usually only really say things if they really enjoyed it and they smashed it or they didn't enjoy it. So I feel like if you ever like go to play a room, just play it if you want to. Don't worry too much. And that's why I avoid the enthusiast groups because I don't want to know anything about a game. I want to have my full opinion on it. I don't want to, it's like when you go to see a film, if you like see the scores for it, you're going to be a bit biased and stuff, aren't you? Yeah, no, it makes sense. So you've got a huge set. You've got an unlimited budget. What would be your dream escape room? Oh, I already know. I, I've already. Been, I've, I've been designing a fucking like my Magnus Opus for like uh, a year or so. Actually, not long after I played um, the room in the Netherlands, that kind of like made my whole looked on my whole like scrapbook of designs went. Oh no! Like my, my brain was so like thinking on the small side. Um, problem is, I don't want to talk about it because that's mm. ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the amount of times I've I've spoke, I've been, I've, I've been hanging out with other people in the industry and had a few too many drinks and been like, oh no, I've definitely said some things I wish I didn't say. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, in fact, I think there was actually this one time we were talking to someone about um, they're talking about they had this location they didn't want anymore, they want to get rid of it. And I think me and me and me and me and the boss were pretty, pretty drunk and we were like, oh, why would you get rid of it? It's such a perfect location. Uh, it's so good at this and that. And we were like, oh, you know, we should take, you know, we'll take it off your hands. And the other time they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then like a week later, they're like, I think we're going to keep it. And we were yeah. like, damn, we shouldn't have been so. Maybe we're like, onto something. Yeah, yeah. If I had a limited budget for me, the the biggest thing would be getting space. I, I definitely would want to do something that's. Um, Big space and much more leaning into immersive experience, but still capped at like six players maximum. That can be done between two to six players. 
immersive experience with a lot of like wow effects and stuff. And um, I've definitely got themes uh, and settings that I like the ideas in particular of. For me, I- I'm very, and I don't know if it's because it's a very topical thing at the moment and it's just happened that if I ever had that kind of budget or stuff, now would be the perfect time to do it. But I, I very much love the idea of, um, what do you call it, the, the multiverse kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I'm not just talking about like Marvel and stuff like that, but I mean like... Einstein. Um, think of like Back to the Future, but your DeLorean doesn't go back and forth, it goes sideways. Like it goes like to anything. Because then I think for me at least, the idea is that you can make an escape room where you have no idea what's going to be in the next door. Mm-hmm. If you if you have secret rooms for that matter, because not every escape room needs secret doors. But you could just have doors that can go to anywhere you want. And you are not bound by the physics of your world. You can have one door that leads you to, I don't know. Have you seen uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once? It's a... Is that the one about Stephen Hawking? No, 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 Everything Everywhere All at Once is um, is, is a basically a multidimensional film. But Mm. it's like, it's basically... It does everything from like the main character goes to a universe where the, all the characters have like sausage sausages for fingers, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it, it makes no sense. But it's just because like yeah, you can just do anything. I think there's one universe where all the characters are just stones and they can't move. Yeah. Um, and I just love the idea if you have this room where no one can predict what you're gonna do in the next room, you can wow them by just doing the strangest stuff. You could take the, the room next door could just be a room where just the entire world is upside down to a room where dinosaurs wear top hats and drink cups of tea. Like for me, that's like. Yeah you can surprise a team by not knowing. Um, and that's what I'd want to do. I also love horror and Black Mirror. I wouldn't want to make a horror room, but I'd like to make it unsettling. So I'd like to, I do like the idea of making the room extremely meta. Uh, so that, that's what I would do. I would do something very meta, a bit creepy, um, just by nature of not knowing what's real and what isn't, mm-hmm. um, and making it a bit, a bit funny. Um, yeah, multi-dimensional, that's, that's where I go. It's a bit of a, um, a random kind of subject to move to, but it, it does link. Just out of interest, are you familiar with um, American Dad? The TV yeah, program? yeah, yeah, TV show, yep. What you just described is almost the character Roger for me, because oh, yeah. he can be anything. Yeah. He's a, he is a writer's dream, because like I say, he can literally, he can be this character, he can be that character, and it gives the writers total flexibility yeah. to create a brand, brand new story in the very next episode. Yeah. So that's kind of, I kind of get that impression of that. Again, yeah. an element of flexibility. Reminds me of Interstellar as well. Yeah. The idea uh, of many, many different kind of yeah, dimensions. Yeah, it's actually funny you say Interstellar because there is a, I won't say what, it's, what, what it is in particular, but there is a scene from that that I want to replicate using so much special effects that really makes, really blows customers' minds. And mm. I've been like, really thinking about it for a long time. One scene in that film, which when I watched it, was like, that's terrifying. I want to make that real. And if I had the money, and I really think like it's it's, it's very doable. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting. That, that's that's the magnet. I don't know if I'll ever be able to, but if I can, oh, I'm really passionate about that. In terms of escape reading, where can where can the audience find you guys? So we, um, well, you can find us like literally uh, in in uh, in well, escape reading, reading. So we've got the location in um, Broad Street Mall, so by the Hexagon uh, in the town centre, and our other location is uh, on Orderly Street. Um, on the Oxford Road uh, by Big Tesco. Everyone knows yeah. Big Tesco. Uh, we don't do walk-ins. Don't just turn up. But yeah, we're, 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 you know, we, we take like, phone calls and stuff. Um, but our website, escapebreading.co.uk, easy. We have an Instagram. Uh, we have a TikTok, but that's basically dead. So don't, don't look it up. Mm-hmm. You know. We're not very good. At, we weren't very good at TikTok. But we, have a, we have an Instagram where we usually post all of our updates and we have like a Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, the, 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 um, all of the, the so Instagram, Facebook, um, numbers you'll find on the website, Everyone that replies on like TripAdvisor, it's all like myself uh, and the owner. Um, in fact, if you look on TripAdvisor, all the re- response to the reviews, it's actually just my TripAdvisor. I, I didn't even realize. I was like, 
Right. Oh, it's not even using the work. Yeah, it's, it's personal. Actually just, it's actually got my personal one replying to all of them. Like, obviously, it still says, like, you know, manager, but I'm just like, oh, wow. That's a, but, but I like that because I like that I'm very, like, entwined, like, yeah, entwined with it. So I, I don't mind that my personal life and the, the company blend together. But, yeah, so, like, Facebook, um, yeah, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and just our website. And, um, yeah, give us a call. Any questions, give us a call. It'll be, probably be me answering. Um, if you call really early, I'll, I'll answer, but I'll be tired. Because um, we don't really have a cutoff point, but you know, if we don't answer in the early morning or night, that's, we are asleep. You know, we, we we should set ourselves work hours, but when you're independent, you just, when you're awake, you're working, I guess. Yeah, well, like I say, Jacob, I've absolutely loved this. It's been a really, really good chat. And uh, yeah, to anybody at home who is interested, Escape Reading, again, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, yeah, again, Jacob, thank you very much for coming in. I loved it. Thank you very much for having me. I love, love talking about what I love doing. Thank you very much. Thank you.